For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. Just volume and such. Let's see. Let's make it a little louder. Oh, yeah. I think that's the right spot. Overthelineshow.com. It's State of the Union Day, y'all. State of the Union Day. Tonight... The President of the United States will deliver the long-awaited State of the Union. A lot of drama, a lot of build-up to that. Apparently, and this is on the front page of Drudge, the State of the Union is going to be a call for unity. Now, what kind of call for unity that's yet to be seen because Donald Trump knows as much as we do that uh, there's no unity when it comes to the Democrats, but whatever. It's all about sounding good. So I assume that that's, uh, that's what he'll be doing. But we will see. We'll, uh, we'll see tonight. There's going to be a lot of, uh, and, and I said this yesterday, a lot of drama and uh, a lot of theatrics, if you will, surrounding the State of the Union opposed to the actual speech itself. That's what we're going to be watching is everything else going on around it. And it's uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good time. Welcome to the show, first of all. Thank you guys for uh, hanging out with us, uh, for you listening to the podcast, for those of you watching on Facebook Live. I got a weird thing going on with, uh, not Facebook, but whatever this thing is, YouTube. 
I got a weird thing going on with my YouTube where we had a situation where yesterday's live stream took a dump and then we had to restart it. But according to YouTube, yesterday's live stream that took the dump is still going 24 hours later. So uh, I don't know how to get rid of that thing. So it makes it look like we we have a, a constant live video going. Even though you click on it, nothing happens. But still, I don't know how to make it go away. If I got to contact YouTube or what. Maybe they'll just figure it out. Maybe I should report it as abusive behavior or um, harmful harmful speech or something. I don't know. Before we get started, though, let me tell you about my dear friend Nick the Marketer at nickthemarketer.com. Uh, you hear me talk about him all the time. This guy is number one when it comes to your website needs. If you've got a small business, large business, medium-sized business, fat business, skinny business, whatever it is, whatever kind of business you've got, whatever service that you provide, Nick, the marketer, is going to hook you up on the digital end. And he's going to turn, he's not only going to put your product, your service, digitally in front of people's eyes, but he's going to turn those clicks into customers. It's just what they do. Uh, another amazing aspect to what these guys do is the fact that they have this software that they use to track every click, every everything that, that every time somebody's eyes meets your website or your page, they can track it. They see everything about it. And not only do they see it, you get to see it as well because they've got this software that they 100% own themselves. It's not outsourced. It's not something they purchased from another company. It is their software, which means they run it. Anything that goes wrong, they're there to fix it. It is their stuff, and it helps you see what they're actually doing for you and what your digital footprint is, how far it's reaching. It's, it's amazing. He showed it to me and broke it down how it all works, and it's, a, it's an amazing piece of software. And these guys uh, do a fantastic job on the digital end, whether it's optimizing Google searches to make sure people see your website before anybody else, or it's running your social media to the best it can be. They do it all. So make sure you go visit nickthemarketer.com or you can call them 205-610-9550. 610-9550. And again, nickthemarketer.com. Just make sure when you talk to them, you mention you heard it right here on this podcast. Over the line. And over the line show.com. So glad to be here. So glad you guys are here to hang out with us. There's uh, several things to uh, talk about. I have to first of all admit that my prediction that Ralph Northam would resign by Monday. I made that prediction, what, Thursday or Friday? So there's no way he's going to survive till Monday. Well, he's still there. Uh, and apparently... Rumor has it, reports say that the reason he's still there is because if he resigns, then that affirms to everyone he is a racist. Now, I think that's already signed, sealed, and delivered, but uh, maybe that's just me. He, but that's the reason he apparently, according to some staff members, anonymous sources, whatever, uh, that's the reason he does not want to uh, resign. 
So I, I still don't think he's going to survive. There's no way. You've got every major Democrat uh, calling for him to step down. You've got protests out in front of the Capitol. It's just, it's just bad. It's just bad, dude. We know you're racist. We know you're from a party of racists. You're in the business of funding Planned Parenthood, whose mission is to kill black babies. We get it. We get it. You're a racist. Whatever. Just step down. Quit with the drama. It's interesting, though. Uh, there is one person who has not come out to demand Northam's resignation. Um, he's not spoken on the issue whatsoever. And granted, he's not currently in politics. But as far as Democrats go, he's kind of a big-time player. And yet, it has been crickets from his camp. Nobody has said a word. Would you guys like to know um, who that is? What Democrat that is that has not spoken out uh, against Ralph Northam? Well, it's this guy. And this is uh, some audio from 2017. Ralph Northam wants progress. He wants to take us forward, not backward. He wants to reach out for hope, not fear. That's where Justin Fairfax wants to take us. That's where, that's where you should want to take us. We need you to take this seriously because our democracy is at stake and it's at stake right here in Virginia. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. That's rough. That audio did not age well. Barack Obama has not said a word about the Ralph Northam stuff. And maybe that's because there's video all over the internet of him campaigning for Ralph Northam. Uh, him talking about uh, Ralph Northam wants to take us forward and not take us into back into the past where everything was all messed up and slavery and racism and whatever. We need to move forward with Ralph Northam. All the while, they're setting on a blackface picture. <laughs> and the guy he says that wants to take us backwards is actually the black guy in the race. And granted, he's uh, accused of sexual assault, but uh, nonetheless, he is the black guy. He's the, <laughs> the Democrat part is just so messed up. Everything's backwards. It's like uh, backwards day every day in the Democrat Party. It's, am it's amazing. I love it. I love watching that stuff. But we'll patiently wait on Barack Obama to finally show up and maybe say something about this horrible situation out of Virginia. I would imagine that would be the final nail in the coffin if if Obama did come out and say, "Hey, you've uh, you got to resign, you gotta you gotta hang it up." I think at that point he probably would, but uh, who knows? Democrats invest a lot more in the things that Obama says than than most of us most of us do. Uh, speaking of uh, no shows, actually uh, quite the opposite. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who some of us thought she was dead. Some of us thought it was weekend at Ginsburg, and the Democrats were, were propping her up, her lifeless body up, to try to pretend 
She was still alive. So Trump couldn't fill yet another Supreme Court seat. She has, in fact, though, made her first public appearance since undergoing that, uh, that surgery, uh, lung cancer surgery or whatever. She uh, is attending the concert at a museum a few blocks from the White House, apparently. I say she, she, she hasn't made an appearance. She is making an appearance. I misspoke there. Uh, that some sort of concert that is dedicated to Ginsburg's life in the law. And this is supposed to be happening on, uh, I don't know. I don't know when it's happened. Is it happening tonight? The AP story doesn't even say. So technically, it is still, um, it's still up in the air. If she's actually alive or not. And I'm not trying to be ugly. I don't wish any ill will on anybody in, in, in that sense. I don't wish that Ruth Bader Ginsburg would die. I wish she would retire. Like yesterday. Retire yesterday. But uh, I, don't, I don't want her to kick the bucket. And if she does. I hope she's got all her affairs in order. Hope she's got her soul right. Uh, because I'd hate for her to uh, wrap this life up with <laughs> with the record she currently has. You know, she can wipe all that stuff away uh, real quick. Uh, and I don't, but I don't know if she um, if she is or not. Actually, I can already envision Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, coming out to make this first appearance since undergoing that surgery and and sparking all of this speculation as to whether or not she's still alive. Here she comes at the concert. See, I think politicians and Supreme Court justices should have theme music, like wrestlers. Because this is The Undertaker's music. I think that would fit Ginsburg very well. Anyway, we'll keep our eye on uh, whether or not she actually shows up. I'm sure she will. But we'll see. This riveting. Could you imagine going to that concert? How exciting that's got to be. A concert dedicated to Ginsburg's life in the law. It's gotta be, that's gotta be exciting. Doesn't shouldn't that be like a Sundance festival thing, and not like that's what the whole show's about? Yeah, you put it at some sort of uh, gimmick where there's other things to do, and not just concentrate on on RGB. So that's out there. Uh, we got plenty of other things we'll get to. Uh, also, I think it's Liam Nielsen. I'll have to look during the break, but uh, one of these actors. Uh, and I heard this on Fox this morning. One of these actors talks about this time, this this situation years and years ago where I think his wife was attacked by an African-American or something, and so he went out on the street to, like, in a rage to, to 
cause harm to the first African-American he saw. And he was really telling this story to kind of show that racism and revenge never wins, but a, a lot of people are freaked out that he even told the story and so on and so forth because everybody's just so sensitive. We can't we can't even teach a, a, a solid life lesson without everybody just getting up in arms about something. It's always something. Y'all need to chill out. We'll go ahead and take this break. Come back on the other side. Over the line. Over the line show.com. February 5th, 2019. Tuesday edition. State of the Union Day. Tell your friends and your family what's going on. Come over to YouTube. Come over to the podcast. Listen to the show and all that stuff. We'll be back right after this. My sweater is on backwards and inside out. And you say, how appropriate. Consumed by the chill of solitary I'm like a Stella I like to reel it in and then spit it out I'm frustrated by your apathy Space Force Space Force Space Force Space, space is a war-fighting domain, just like the land, the air, and sea. We have the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Space Force. Ah, my new national strategy could be. Space Force, space, 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 force. Space Force, space, 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 force. Space Force, space, 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 force. Space Force, space, 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 force. We're doing a tremendous amount of work in space. I said, maybe we need a new force. We'll call it the Space Force. And I was not really serious. And then I said, what a great idea. Tremendous. Tremendous. Space Force, space, 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 force. Space Force, space, 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 force. Space Force, space, 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 force. Space Force, space, 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 force. We say that you can use hairspray because hairspray is going to affect the ozone. They say it. I say, no way. My apartment is all sealed. You're telling me that affects the ozone layer. I want to put a little spray. Space Force, space, 
show.com make sure you sign up for the newsletter also andrew at over the line show.com had an epiphany yesterday where i'm gonna do better about checking my emails from you guys because i have uh, several of you guys that uh, email me from time to time and I just let those uh, emails sit in my inbox because <laughs> I'm a slacker. But uh, I'm going to do better about responding to you guys. I made that personal decision yesterday. So Andrew at OverTheLineShow.com is the way you can get in contact with me. And a lot of you guys are on my social media, and you'll just uh, fire off a message that way. But some of y'all don't have social media. To listen to this podcast, which is uh, something that needs to be commended. So, congratulations to you for that. Andrew at overthelineshow.com.com. So, let me talk about this Liam Neeson thing. Liam Neeson, which is somebody I always call Liam Nielsen. Because it just sounds better. Neeson doesn't seem like a real name. I think it's fake. Liam Neeson. Now, he apparently... Let me get this story straight. Because I just heard it this morning, but I thought it was kind of important to talk about. Um, Let's go back here. Uh, 
he told a story. It was an interview with The Independent. And he was talking about uh, how he wanted to kill a black man after one of his friends was raped. Okay? Now, I, I thought it may have been his wife or something. It was one of his friends. So one of his friends was raped, apparently, by an African-American. And uh, that set him off to the point he just wanted to kill a black person. It's a pretty uh, pretty bold statement. Um, he said, quote, There's something primal. God forbid you've ever had a member of your family hurt under criminal conditions. My immediate reaction was I asked, did she know who it was? No. What color were they? She said it was a black person. And he said, uh, uh, anyway, he went on, and you get the gist of the story. So all of a sudden, this interview comes out where he's recalling this, this time in his life, which he is very ashamed of, apparently. And he wanted to use that bad situation, as a lot of us do. We take bad things that have happened to us in our life and, and use that as a stepping stone or, or a, a learning tool, not only for ourselves, but we want to share it with other people to kind of maybe it helps somebody else. I think we all have a little bit of that within us where if if we can take our bad situation and use it for good, then, you know, there's there's no better way to capitalize on that. But in the age of social media, no good deed will go unpunished. So he was slammed for having the audacity to, to tell this story, or maybe he was slammed because this was actually a thing. It actually happened at one time. I'm not sure. So he had to go on Good Morning America. That starts off as a simple interview with The Independent, okay? Then, then he has to go on Good Morning America, which I have not heard the audio of, but he had to apparently go on there and explain uh, what he was trying to do. Uh, he had to uh, clarify his comments. Here is some of that interview from uh, just from this morning. He was on Good Morning America. Listen to a little bit of Has this. Has a new movie out. It's called Cold Pursuit. And just 24 hours ago, he made headlines for talking about an incident that happened decades earlier involving a very close friend of his who he says was assaulted. And Liam, first of all, I, I really appreciate your, your willingness to, to have this discussion sure. because when it comes to race, it can be very uncomfortable sure. for people. Yeah. And it just caught people off guard yeah. how you responded when you were asked about revenge. And do you want to explain what you said? Yeah, they, 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 we were doing a press junket, and it was, uh, uh, you know, the topic of our film is, is, mm -hmm. is revenge. And it's a dark comedy, too, but its, it's, it's base is revenge. And the lady journalist was asking me, how do you tap into that? And I remembered an incident nearly 40 years ago where a very dear friend of mine was brutally raped. And I was out of the country, and when I came back, she told me about this. And she handled the situation herself and her rapist incredibly bravely, I have to say that. But I had never felt this feeling before, which was a primal urge 
to lash out. I asked her, did you know the person? It was a man. No. Uh, his race? She said he was a black man. I thought, okay. And after that, there were some nights I went out deliberately into black areas in this city looking to be set upon so that I could unleash physical violence. And I did it for, I'd say, maybe four or five times until I caught myself on. And it really shocked me, this primal urge I had. It shocked me and it hurt me. I did seek help. Uh, I went to a priest out of my confession. I'm, I was reared a Catholic. I had two very, very good friends that I talked to. And, and believe it or not, power walking. Power walking. Yeah, two hours every day. You can to, to get rid of this. And I'm, I'm not racist. I, 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 this was nearly 40 years ago. But because I was brought up in... Maybe I'm rabbiting on, Rob, so forgive mm -hmm. me. No. I was brought up in the north of Ireland and, and brought up in the Troubles the 60s, 70s, and early 80s. And can you explain to people what that is? The religion? Yeah, there, there was a war going on mm -hmm. in the north of Ireland. And uh, I had acquaintances who, who were involved in the troubles. Uh, the bigotry, one Catholic would be killed. The next day, a Protestant would be killed. One Catholic pub would be bombed. A Protestant pub would be bombed. I grew up surrounded by that, but I was never part of it. And because I, I, I... Excuse me. Sorry, go I, ahead, I, go no, on. no, no, but I, and I appreciate um, your willingness to discuss it and to explain, to put it in, sure. into context. And I know that you have heard from people or the reaction from people. Sure. And one of them, one response are, is the fact that when asking your friend, and I'm glad that she's okay, mm -hmm. She, she passed away, by the way. Oh, I'm very sorry ago. for your loss. That yeah. you asked about color, that you didn't ask the person was tall or yes. short, yes. big or small. That oh, you I, I did, actually. I, I asked all those questions to you. I did. I did. But I did ask about race. Yeah. Because the, what, we, what we heard and saw, it was, it was only asking about yeah, color. I, you I, did ask about other aspects. I, would you have had the same reaction if your friend had said it was a white man? Would you want her to go oh, out definitely. and kill him? She just said an Irish or a Scot, or a Brit, mm -hmm. or a Lithuanian, I, would, I know I would have had the same effect. I was trying to show honour to my stand-up for my dear friend in this, in this terrible medieval fashion. And I'm a fairly intelligent guy, and that's why it, it kind of shocked me when I came down to earth after having these horrible feelings. Luckily, no violence occurred, ever. Thanks, thanks be to God. Do you think you actually would have done if if a, if a yes. innocent black man yes. who had nothing to do? Yeah, I know. I, that, that that was my feeling. I did want to lash out. Yes, because my friend was brutally raped, and I thought I was defending her honor. And I admit that. And it's it's now. This is why the people on social media act the way they do when something like this happens. When something like this is said, it's because uh, of the way. This interview was conducted. You can hear this lady, and she is 100% in the tank for this is all about 
the black person, even though he's explained, if it were a Scot, if it were a Lithuanian, if it were this, that, or the other, uh, if that would have been the type of person or the 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 race or what or the the nationality of the person that committed this rape, then he would have gone out with the same the same thing of saying, "Hey, I'm looking for a Scot just to." mess up because I'm so angry. I want to avenge avenge this horrible act that was done to my, my dear friend. But she kept going back to the black thing. And this interviewer is an African-American lady. Not that that should really matter, but uh, I understand that she's got a, a vested interest in this interview in the first place. And I'm sure it was strategically put together that way so they can have an African-American interviewing him about this, but she kept going back to that and concentrating on the fact that it was a black person and ignoring the fact that he said it was just a coincidence that it was a black person. I I had this primal instinct that that caused me to want to go jack somebody's jaw and whatever she told me the person looked like, if you look like that person... I wanted, uh, that's that's the jaw I was going to jack. I don't, I don't sound right. But that was his point, and she's just completely breezing over it. And, and the fact that she conduct is, conducts the interview that way, it only solidifies and, and, and verifies for the people of social media that they were right all along to go on the offensive and attack this guy. Now, I know people are probably saying right now, well, you're hammering, uh, he talked about this 40 years ago, but you're hammering the governor of Virginia for wearing blackface, blah, 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 blah. This is different. Homeboy was wearing blackface at a party. He was dressing up. He he wasn't in a, a fit of rage driven by primal instincts. He was being a, 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 a racist uh, immature college kid. Actually, he was an adult, but whatever. We'll give him the credit. Say he's a kid. What? Whatever. Whatever. But this guy, this guy's got a much more reasonable explanation, and yet nobody's coming to his defense. Nobody. But on um. When it comes to the governor of Virginia, everybody's uh, tiptoeing around that. Even the people, you can tell the people that say he needs to step down, they don't really want to say it. They're very hesitant. I guess he should step down, but Trump, you know, Trump's a racist. Trump said there's good people on both sides. He won't denounce white supremacists. Anyway, I thought that was extremely interesting, uh, an interesting story. And, and I don't know anything about Liam Neeson's new movie. It was called uh, uh, Cold Pursuit. And like you said, it's a dark comedy about revenge or something. something. I'm sure I won't watch it, uh, but it's out there. And I'm sure uh, it'll be a fantastic movie. But listen, hey, this may be uh, one of the best things that he could have done is is told this story in the midst of this interview 
and said uh, and caused this firestorm because here we are talking about the movie. If you're going to talk about the story, talk about the interview. Anybody that's in the media, that's doing podcasts or on radio, whatever, they're, they're, they've got to set the table when they tell the story and talk about, hey, the reason he's doing this interview is because of his new movie, Cold Pursuit, in theaters on whatever day. Maybe it'll make a difference. Maybe it will. Promotion doesn't always work, though. As you notice, uh, the, one of the lowest-rated Super Bowls of all times was conducted Sunday, and I don't know that I've seen uh, more promotion for a Super Bowl than I did this, this, this past time. Even Fortnite was promoting the Super Bowl in their games. They had a Patriots and a Rams football field on the map. <laughs> P. Diddy had to show me that one. But uh, that's interesting, especially with the, t- the fact that we've been discussing uh, what's going on with the governor of Virginia and all that jazz. So there is that. I want to talk a little bit more about State of the Union speech, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a list of what guests people are bringing, especially the Democrat uh, Democrat representatives, Democrat senators, whatever. Because as far as I know, the Republicans are not bringing, uh, bringing out any outlandish guests like Democrat, like Ocasio-Cortez is bringing a Jeff Flake elevator protester, somebody else is bringing an illegal immigrant, so on and so forth. Trump has got a list, and I'll give you that list when we get back on the other side, of, uh, of some really, I think, worthy guests. One of them is a kid whose last name happens to be Trump, and he's been getting bullied at school, which is kind of a sad situation. But I think we all know who's to blame uh, for that, for that kind of thing happening. Now, of course, kids are going to get bullied at school, right? But bullied at school because you've got the same last name as the president of the United States? Could you imagine the outrage? If three and four years ago there was a kid, a a third or fourth grader, that had the last name Obama and he was getting picked on at school? It would be a firestorm like you've never seen in your life. Especially if he was half black, like Obama. Over the line, over the line show.com. Tuesday edition, February 5th, 2019. Thank you for hanging out. We will be back right after this. Don't go anywhere.
Orale, vato, what's happening? We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. It's going to change. Republican and Democrat, they have to take our community serious. We are united and we are demanding immigration reform now. If tomorrow they try to send us home, me niños and me wife, not going back to my homeland, not afraid to take your life. I will always love me Mexico, but live there no way, Jose. America has such amazing things like tall grass and a decent wind. Oye, Big Boy, habla español. I'm a proud illegal alien where I know my health care is free. And I will not get a green card. It's too much work for me. And I proudly stand up arriba against the law. And I break it every day. There ain't no doubt I left my homeland. I am crazy, I say. And snuck into the USA. I'm Barack Obama, and I endorse this record. Si se puede. Viva Obama! Viva! Viva Obama! Viva! everyone will watch it we will break it down here on the show tomorrow i want to give a rundown of who we expect trump to have as his guests his guests of honor i think they call uh, the the guest uh scott nicks if I'm not mistaken, and it was because of a guy that Ronald Reagan brought as a guest, and it was like the first time it happened. His name was like Leroy Skutnik or something, Leon Skutnik. I can't remember. And he was a guy that uh, there was a plane that crashed, and he 
saved him from the waters. And I, I don't really remember the story that well, but something to that effect. And that's where it all started. So they call him the Skutniks, which is kind of weird. It makes it sound like some sort of uh, satellite, space station or something. Nonetheless, the uh, president is going to welcome a plethora of people. Let me see if I can find this list because I don't want to miss anybody here. Um, let's start with um, Deborah Bissell, Heather Armstrong, and Madison Armstrong. Now, here's the story of those three. Gerald and Sharon David of Reno, Nevada were tragically murdered in their home in Nevada by an illegal immigrant in January of 2019, just last month. The terrible loss has devastated both their community and three generations of family who will be represented at the State of the Union, the David's daughter Deborah, granddaughter Heather, and great-granddaughter Madison. So those three will be there as uh, their family members their their mother and father, grandmother, grandfather, great-grandmother, and great-grandfather, they were murdered by an illegal immigrant. Matthew Charles will also be there. His life story is one of redemption. In 1996, he was sentenced to 35 years in prison for selling crack cocaine and other related offenses. While in prison... Matthew found God, he completed more than 30 Bible studies, became a law clerk, taught GED classes, and mentored fellow inmates. On January 3rd of this year, Matthew was the first prisoner released as a result of the First Step Act. You remember that whole criminal justice reform that everybody in the White House has promised to do for so long and never did it. The one that obviously helps the black community in an amazing way, something that uh, the black community has asked for time and time again because black people are disproportionately affected by the criminal justice system, right? And guess what? That darn white supremacist, racist Donald Trump did it. He must be doing it just to cover up for his racism. Donald Trump has got to be the worst white supremacist I've ever seen in my life. Because he continues to do all these things that improve the quality of life for black people. And uh, if he's a white supremacist, I don't think he wants that. So uh, somebody needs to give him a heads up that he's not doing it right. That's, that's not how this works. It's not how racism works. You're doing it wrong. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, who's next? He's going to have Grace Aline. Now, everyone who knows Grace will tell you that she has always been special. Wherever she goes, she brightens the room with her kind heart and infectious smile. At an early age, she decided she wanted to forgo gifts for her birthday parties and instead ask for charity donations, which is the popular thing to do on Facebook now. Um, at nine years old, Grace was diagnosed with 
germinoma, which is a germ cell brain tumor. And in May of 2018, Grace started cancer treatment. Throughout the rest of the year, Grace stayed positive and strong, making the rounds in the hospital, cheering up other patients, and always having a smile for the many caring medical professionals who treated her. Grace recently finished chemotherapy and today shows no evidence of the disease. She is determined to help other children who are fighting cancer. She will also be there for the State of the Union. Ashley Evans is another. She's struggled with opioid and substance abuse for much of her life. In 2017, she was pregnant and suffered a relapse. Her recovery began with the birth of her daughter along with the help of Bridges Path, which is a medical care facility in uh, Kettering, Ohio. Ashley has persevered and overcome many obstacles to maintain her sobriety. See, she is passionate about sharing her story of hope. On February 9th, 2019, Ashley will celebrate one year and one month in recovery, and on February 15th, 2019, she will be reunited with her daughter full-time. That's going to be one of the more amazing storylines of this State of the Union speech because of how much the opioid crisis is affecting this country. From the way that it comes into this country to the things that it does once it gets here, it is a multifaceted story that uh, is going to be epitomized all in one person in this Ashley Evans chick. So she goes through, gets pregnant, suffers a relapse, which not only is dangerous for her, but dangerous for the child. She ends up getting all kinds of messed up, gets her daughter taken away, decides she's had enough of it, turns her life around, celebrating one year clean, and then getting her daughter back just in uh, 10 days from now. And tonight she will be attending the State of the Union speech, which has got to be the honor of a lifetime. Next up, Elvin Hernandez. Elvin Hernandez is a special agent with the Trafficking in Persons Unit of the Department of Homeland Security's Security Investigation Division. He has more than 18 years of federal law enforcement experience investigating narcotics, gangs, and human trafficking. During his current seven-year assignment, Elvin has conducted numerous successful international human trafficking investigations involving transnational organized criminal groups. This guy on the front lines of the human trafficking that the president continues to bring up over and over again. And the Democrats, well, oh, this is not real. It's manufactured. It's not a real thing. We care about immigrants. Let them in. No wall. Donald Trump hates brown people. He hates immigrants. Again, just like the white supremacy stuff. If he hates immigrants so much, why is he trying to stop them from being trafficked, from being beaten, brutally raped? and sold into the sex slave trade. Why is he trying to stop that? If you hate somebody, if you're that evil of a person and you hate a, a person or you hate 
a certain group of people, you would want them to suffer through that human trafficking, I assume. I don't harbor that kind of hate in my heart, but I'm assuming people, evil people, as the, as the, the media and the Democrats paint this guy to be, that he would want that for the immigrants. But instead, he's trying to stop it. And this guy, again, Elvin Hernandez, on the front line, seeing that stuff every single day for more than 18 years. Another guest, Roy James, who is the plant manager of the Vicksburg Forest Products Lumber Facility. He has worked at uh, the sawmill for 26 years and become vice president of operations when he was told that the facility would close its doors. Think about that. This guy worked at this place for 26 years, works his way up the ladder. All his hard work has paid off. He becomes vice president of operations for this company. And then right after that, He's told that the facility is closing up shop because the economy could not sustain that sawmill. But thankfully, last year, Vicksburg was designated an opportunity zone through provisions in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, and the plant soon reopened, and Roy was hired to that same position to oversee the entire facility, that job that he worked so hard for that was taken away from him, the rug pulled out from under him. Because of a jobs president, he was able to get that job back and get that position back. Then you've got Timothy Matson. Timothy joined the Pittsburgh Police Department in 2005 and made the SWAT team in 2016. As a key member of the SWAT team, he would breach the entrance during raids, a very dangerous task, as you can imagine. In October of 2018, Tim responded to the mass shooting at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pennsylvania. He suffered multiple gunshot wounds and saved countless lives in that heinous anti-Semitic attack. A guy on the front lines that came close to losing his life in that synagogue mass shooting will be also at the State of the Union. Also, Judah Samet. 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 Samich. Judah Samet is also going to be there. Judah Samet is a member of that synagogue in Pittsburgh. He survived that horrific shooting that killed 11 members of his community. He's also a survivor of, get this, a survivor of the Holocaust. He immigrated to Israel after the war and was presented for, uh, was present for the declaration of the Israeli state in 1948. When we finally declared Israel a state. And all the hubbub started with Palestine and all this other mess. They're just going to have to get over. He served as a paratrooper and radio man in the Israeli Defense Forces and moved to the United States in the 1960s. What a story this man has. From the Holocaust 
to the birth of Israel, to the synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh. This guy has seen a lot in his day, and he will be at the State of the Union tomorrow. Uh, tonight, sorry. And last but not least, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not even close to being done. I got three more, okay? So hang with me. <laughs> Tom Wibberley. Now, Tom Wibberley is the father of Navy Seaman Craig Wibberley, a seaman who was killed on the USS Cole. Craig grew up in Williamsport, Maryland, and enjoyed fly fishing, snow skiing, and working with his father on old Corvettes. He had a passion for computer science and decided to join the Navy to serve his country and pursue an opportunity to further his training in computers. Craig served aboard the USS Cole with a distinction with distinction, and was accepted to the Navy Information Technician School. His commander planned to recommend him for Officer Candidate School. However, on October 12, 2000, Craig and 16 fellow crew members of that ship were killed in a terrorist attack. Craig was only 19 years old. After Craig's death, a scholarship fund was created that gives out four $1,000 scholarships each year to students studying computer science. Then you've got a name that most of you probably remember, Alice Johnson. Alice Johnson is the sweet lady that was granted clemency by President Trump on June 6, 2018. Alice had been serving a life mandatory sentence without parole for charges associated with nonviolent drug cases. And during her nearly 22 years of incarceration, she accomplished what has been called an extraordinary rehabilitation. After her release, she was overjoyed to be reunited with her family. She now she has now dedicated her life to helping those who are in similar positions as she was in giving a voice to the criminal justice reform movement. You recall her story when uh, Kim Kardashian showed up at the White House to talk to the president, not only about criminal justice reform, but this lady, Alice Johnson, in particular. And last but not least, Joshua Trump. Now, Joshua Trump is a sixth-grade student in Wilmington, Delaware. He appreciates science, arts, and history. He also loves animals and hopes to pursue a related career in the future. His hero and his best friend is his uncle Cody, who serves in the United States Air Force. Unfortunately, Joshua has been bullied in school due to his last name. He is thankful to the First Lady and the Trump family for their support. So a little boy in sixth grade named Joshua Trump, and a lot of you guys can relate to this because you have kids that age. Sixth grade. Because of his last name, something that most families would take pride in, their last name, the, the, the history of their family, 
the generations that came before them. Because of that name, he is picked on in school. Because of what society has created with the name Donald Trump. There's no need to blame one person for that. There's a lot of people to blame. Because these kids don't come up with this stuff on their own. The sixth graders at that school weren't well-informed, political-savvy analysts that know what's going on in this world and had a very good reason to pick on this kid because of his last name, his last name being Donald Trump. They learned that stuff. They learned that stuff from the grown-ups. They learned that stuff from the TV, from the celebrities they idolize. That all of a sudden are political intellectuals that preach to us about how bad Donald Trump is. It's all about the parents. The parents have the, the power to make sure that those kind of things don't creep into their kid's head. And I think I'm a shining example of that. Because every time my kid hears somebody bashing Trump on TV... It'll start a full-blown debate about why that person's wrong. Over the line, overthelineshow.com. Make sure you go sign up for our newsletter. Add us on all the social media sites. We'll take a quick break. Come back right after this. Don't go anywhere. Presses millions, so just quiet down a bit. Come join me in gender studies, come get a useless degree. And when you make garbage money, take no responsibility. Come be PC. 
become BBC. Things are so splendid when you're offended. Take it from me. We're fighting for progress, can't you see? Silencing all who might disagree. So respectfully, be a cry bully, come BBC. Come join us in our safe spaces, our shelters from points of view. And maybe on rare occasions, we'll let you think something new. But if we deem your thoughts toxic, we might have to shut you down. And if you critique our logic, better use our preferred pronouns. Come be PC. Come be PC. Our low-key racism is heroism, obviously. Let's all fight for the little guy From our parents' mansions online Come join our prison, look what you're missing Come be PC Come be PC We're a collective, varied perspectives must go unseen Different opinions are okay As long as they're different in the same way Come join our cult, it's not difficult Oh, come be PC Sound effect. We should have Jeff Four on here tomorrow, by the way. Hopefully. We'll see. I just got to remember to ask him to come on the show. He'll always do it. It's just sometimes I forget. So I'll get on top of that and make sure I can uh, bring him on and get some analysis. There's uh, <laughs> So I, I want to bring this up real quick. And we spent like a whole show talking about this. But the, the Cliff Sims book which I'm still mulling my way through, although it's putting me to sleep at this point. I'm on chapter 10, and I'm doing the audio book because I'm on the road so much, I can't read a book and, and drive. But it's just getting to the point where it's just so much of how Cliff's a good person and how he's got integrity. <laughs> And all this stuff, and I just, it's, it's a bit much. But what is entertaining about the book is the fact that it's in a free fall on Amazon right now. It's no longer a, a popular book. It was, it was very short-lived, so what's happened is the news cycle moves so fast is that by the time Clip Sims got some steam rolling... <laughs> the news changed. Something else happened. Virginia governor's wearing blackface, whatever. And then nobody's talking about Cliff Sims anymore. Nobody cares. Because the media is always looking for the next scandal in the Trump administration. 
So they're only going to stick with one thing for so long because they realize each and every time that it's not effective. So they go with something for two or three days, and they're like, oh, this is not really helping us. Uh, let's move to something else. So Cliff Sims is yesterday's news. Nobody cares. And nobody will remember who Cliff Sims is. The problem with Cliff Sims now is the fact that uh, I, I believe, and this is what people tell me, uh, he expects to uh, he expects to come back to Alabama and run for some sort of office. Which, after the stunt with the book, I don't I don't know that that's going to happen. I mean, best of luck to you. I just <laughs> and I'm I've already uh, I'm already getting ready for the invitation for him to come on the show. Uh, the press is drying up. It. it at light speed, and so I'm going to be one of the last people that's going to invite him to come be on the show. And we'll talk about his book. We'll talk about his aspirations, whatever. Whatever he wants to talk about. I'd love to talk to him on the show. Um, we only know each other so much. Of course, with all the exciting things that he's done in his life, he probably doesn't even remember me. But that's okay. We'll have a reintroduction. When he's ready. I'm not going to rush him. Just whenever you're ready, buddy. You come on. Come on the show, big guy. We'll uh, we'll talk about the Book of Leaks, which would have been a much better title, by the way. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Again, the State of the Union tomorrow, I've told you. I'm, what I keep saying tomorrow? The State of the Union tonight, I've told you who the guests are going to be. Uh, a very, um, a very honorable and uh, a very... Awesome, I know my vocabulary is huge, lineup that are going to be guests of the Donald Trump. Also, I'm looking at a Rasmussen poll, and here's what I keep, I watched some Morning Joe yesterday and some other mainstream outlets, uh, and they keep talking about how Trump's got to pull the nose up on this presidency because his, his, uh, his approval rating is in the pooper, and nobody that's under fifty percent is ever going to survive and make it to a uh, to a second term. And I'm looking at a Rasmussen poll today that now has Donald Trump up by I don't know how many points, but he's at forty eight percent approval rating. Now keep in mind, this is. And and I don't want to just sound cliche and like we don't trust polls anymore because some of these polls are have been accurate in the past and they have a very very good record of being accurate. The problem is, is the same theory as to why the polls were so wrong during the 2016 election. They still apply, if not more so now. Because now that Donald Trump's president, if you support the president, especially if you're a certain race or a certain gender then you put yourself in a position to not only be harassed, but possibly physically harmed. Whether you're a kid at Whataburger wearing a Make America Great Again hat, or you're high school kids visiting the Capitol and you're getting harassed by black Israelites, or whatever. Like, it, it's, it's dangerous to voice your support for the president because the opponents of the president are so unhinged. So what does that mean? 
That means when they conduct these polls and they ask them, hey, do you support the president? The first thing people think is, is this a setup? Is this person about to punch me in the face? Nah, I just, nah, I'm a, I, don't, I don't approve of it. And then they go on their way. When in reality, what they actually think is much different than what they said. And it's sad. It's sad that, that, that that's how people have to conduct themselves now. That's really history repeating itself, if you think about it. History repeating itself. Because you can look, and I posted this on Twitter. I put this little, uh, this, this picture together. And it shows a picture of an African-American lady. It's a pretty historic picture. You'd recognize it if you saw it. Uh, at Andrew McLean, who on Twitter. Uh, this African-American woman who is walking to school. I believe it's two African-American women. Walking to school, books in her hands, looking straight ahead with a crowd of white women behind them, yelling, screaming, and harassing them. And I couldn't help but think that photo from, I believe, the 1960s looks almost identical to photos we see on a regular basis with Trump supporters that are just walking down the street. People that think they're less than or think they're horrible people walk behind them yelling and screaming. And it's not just a white person thing. On both sides, it's white and black. Actually, if we're going to be honest about it, the black people that support the president probably get it much worse than white people. Because the Democrat Party and the people that are dedicated to that party feel like Black people are slaves to that particular political party. Thus, history repeats itself in different ways. All in the same realm, but just in different aspects. Slavery is back. The Democrat Party and their plantation. And also people being harassed because of what they look like or what they wear, who they support. We've been through this before, and the people that claim they're fighting against it are actually bringing it back into society. They're being, bringing back the bigotry and the hatred and, and the harassment of people that aren't like them. That's exactly what the racist of the civil rights movement did. You're not like me. You don't look like me. You don't believe like me. So we're going to harass you until you're cast out from society. It's mirror images. It really is. Now, Trump supporters aren't being murdered. They aren't being lynched. But if you take out the lynchings, You've got the exact same situation. You've got history repeating itself yet again. And most of y'all are smart enough to know that history, in fact, does repeat itself. And it will continue to repeat itself. Especially if we allow people to continue to erase, manipulate, and change history. When they erase history... We repeat it. 
when they take down statues and switch up what the history books say, history gets repeated. Man, I didn't mean to be that heavy at the end of the show. I was actually going to talk about some deadly fish in Australia. I guess I can talk about that tomorrow. Also, the new Ford F-150. F or maybe it was the F-350. I don't remember. Yeah. The 2020 Ford F-Series Super Duty has debuted with a new monster 7.3-liter V8 engine. I wanted to talk about that a little bit, but we can talk about it tomorrow if we can squeeze it in. Over the line, overthelineshow.com. Thank you guys for hanging out so much. I appreciate that. Sign up for the newsletter. Follow me on social media. The Over the Line Facebook page, at Andrew McLean, who on Twitter, and also... Andrew at OverTheLineShow.com. That's the email. And don't forget about NickTheMarketer.com, who is a proud sponsor of this show. NickTheMarketer.com, all your website needs. These guys are on top of it. They're going to make sure your stuff gets seen when people are on the Google box, on the Google machine. We'll be back tomorrow. Make sure you watch State of the Union speech tonight. We might even throw you a rapid reaction uh, from the State of the Union tonight. I don't know. Of course, we wouldn't do it as a podcast. We do it on Facebook Live, but whatever. We might not do it. We may just wait till tomorrow. I don't want to use all my content before the show starts. Back at it for your Wednesday edition of Over the Line. Y'all have a fantastic day, and see you, cuz. <laughs>